college football with moose, goose, and pie. We are back for another season of college football with the moose, the goose, and the pie. Hey, yo. We've got a moose on the hotline. Hello. We don't know how long he'll be here. He does have new screaming baby yelling and shitting everywhere. It's kind of like mess. It's like, <laughs> did you just adopt mess? Is that what's really happening? You didn't have a did, kid. Did mess you rename mess Colin? <laughs> it's a rebranding for him. So. <laughs> well, Lord knows he fucking needs it. So. And we've got the pie with us live today yeah in the house made a trip all the way across <laughs> the city of toledo to be here in person there's a lot of construction out there it was... for all seven of our listeners <laughs> well college football season's upon us we are rolling into week zero we do have a couple of games this saturday the only one of note really being miami and florida playing at a neutral site in orlando we'll talk about that one a little bit later but let's jump right into this one because I think we are going to try our damnedest this year to stick to a 45-minute timeline. It helps that the moose is not going to be drinking during said podcast. Yeah, this is like the first sober podcast in a while. You pour me a bourbon or something? I know you got some shit over there. There's a, there's a bar right behind you. <laughs> um, anyway, so let's get right into it. I think anytime you're getting ready to start a new season, the most appropriate place to start is... New coaching situations that maybe most people are aware of, but if you're not, we'll run through them real quick. And I'm going to start with the Moose because he said, I didn't do any homework today. So, Moose, <laughs> because I like to torture. Sure. What uh, new coaching situations do you have circled as ones you're interested to watch this year? Well, the, the, the biggest one, obviously, I think, on anyone's list is going to be Ohio State. Uh, you know, Urban Meyer stepping down, Ryan Day taking over. Uh, you get a little bit of a continuity, uh, you know, with the program there. And then with Urban's uh, suspension uh, last season, Ryan Day uh, having, you know, a few games under his belt, but granted games that, you know, were against, you know, Patsy's, nobody's, you know, what uh, what does he do? In, in you know uh, under the under the heavy lights um so that's one that obviously i think that everyone's going to look at and simply because i think that he's an insane person and i love him to death i want to see what les miles does in kansas the expectation there's got to be make a bowl game right uh maybe not the first season out because i mean is it is there any football expectation in kansas i forgot that les miles took over kansas i laughed for three months about that he is gonna be grazing the grass right on the sidelines oh my god yeah i mean if he gets if he gets three or four wins they damn near might fucking build him a statue like (laughs) you know what's crazy is how long ago was it that kansas actually played in that bcs game Oh, it couldn't have been that long ago, that back when Mangino was coach. 2011, yeah, somewhere, somewhere around there. there. And then they lost eight years, straight years of road games or something crazy. Yeah, <laughs> except for the ones that Pi bet on. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> Kansas. If I recall correctly, yeah. the only time Kansas ever won was when Pi bet against him. So much love to the Kansas Jayhawks for that one. 
Um, yeah, there's a, there's a couple other that I'm interested in, but I want to see. Uh, I want to hear your boys' uh, reactions as well. Yeah, I mean, the top two on my list were Ryan Day at Ohio State and Les Miles at Kansas. I think those have to be the top two. Um, you know, Ryan Day has got to be the most, probably the most relevant uh, first-year coach in the country this year because he's at a program that's been dominant for so long. Uh, Les Miles, as you said, is more interesting just because you never know what that crazy bastard's going to do. Uh, as you kind of touched on, Kansas is probably pretty happy with four to five wins this year. Um, I think eventually they're going to be expecting bowl appearances out of him. But if he can raise the bar to Kansas being six and six every year, their people are probably happier than a pig in shit, would be my guess. Um, Aside from those, I'm really interested to see how Manny Diaz does at Miami. I think, uh, uh, you know, that program's proven that with the red guy, they can be a powerhouse. I'm interested to see what Dana Holgerson does at Houston, just because I am still dumbfounded that someone left West Virginia to go to Houston. Yeah, I didn't understand that move either. Um, And then, uh, you know, as a result of that, Neil Brown in from Troy to West Virginia. And I think West Virginia has had a, a decent amount of success ever since Rich Rod was there. Um, you're not going to put them in that top tier of programs, but they're in that tier that with the right guy, you would have to think they could be a you know a damn good football program. And Neil Brown uh, went 35 and 16 at Troy after inheriting a team that was terrible. So uh, I am a little interested to see what he does there. Uh, those are probably the five that I have circled. There are a couple other ones that were minor that I'm not really going to get into. And I, I'm more curious if Pi is going to throw any surprises in or if he just wants to piggyback off who we've already talked about. Uh, I'm curious, actually, about Mac Brown to see if he's got anything uh, left in the tank. He just took over the Carolina job. Again. Uh, that, uh, that was one of the ones I wanted to bring up. So, And then I... I actually didn't hear about Bill Snyder stepping down. Um, I don't think that's that big of a deal, but, I mean, hell, he was there for so long. Did they name the stadium after him? Yeah, the stadium or the field or yeah. something like that. So um, I don't even know, honestly, who Chris Kleiman is. I'm sure you, one of you two could chime in on where he came from, what program he came from, but I don't even know who that is at Kansas State, more so just that Bill Snyder stepped down. What were your thoughts on Mac Brown, Moose? Oh, just, I mean, you know, you you wonder with the type of offense, you know, that he runs and, uh, you know, he, he runs more of, uh, you know, in, in what today's day and age of football is, you see it in the pros, you see it a lot across the college football landscape now. I mean, uh, you know, does Mac Brown really have what it takes? Because really the only time that he ran, you know, like a, a hyper advanced offense or anything was when Vince Young was, uh, when Vince Young was at the helm. And uh, Vince Young was easily top three, one of the most electric college football players I've ever seen. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see what he does and how it works um, there in the ACC, especially with Clemson being as powerful as Clemson is right now. Um, the last um, there was one that did kind of stick out to me um, that's local uh, to me here. Uh, is uh, the Central Michigan job. I actually thought Central Michigan did uh, a heck of a job getting Jim McElwain as their head coach. And, uh, you know, I, I think that, uh, 
you know, that that is, uh, you know, he's got two natty, you know, national championship uh, rings as a coordinator. He did a good job with Michigan's receivers last year. And, uh, you know, I think that he does have a sharp uh, offensive mind. So we'll see uh, what he can do in the Mac. I did just see that as well. And I was, uh, I was very curious if I was reading that correctly. Chris Kleiman came from North Dakota State. Okay. So that's I knew I nothing know. about him <laughs> until Moose went on that tirade about Mac Brown. Which was really a filler, so I could <laughs> Google that. So I could Google this new guy in, in Manhattan, Kansas. Uh, looks like he was Carson Wentz's coach. Oh, okay. Um, looks like he won a couple national titles at the FCS. Yeah, North North Dakota State's like basically been one of the top programs at that level for many many years now. Yeah, so it looks like where that's that's where he came from. Uh, on the flip side. Let's talk about coaches on the hot seat. And I'm going to flip the order on this one and say, Pi, give me three coaches who you would not be surprised if they were filing unemployment come the end of football season. Um, Clay Helton, uh, yep. I think, is definitely one that's on there. Uh, I'm not going to go into any depth with this. Uh, really, but yeah. Uh, a second one, I might say Lovey Smith. Pie's just reading off my I don't list know. right now. <laughs> reading off your list. Uh, the third Do your one, own homework, Pie. Listen here. The third one, uh, which might shock some people, but I honestly think if Harbaugh fails to get anything done, I think his seat gets hot. If he can't beat Ohio, if he can't go to the Big Ten title, I don't know how much left patience the, the fan base has left overall. Yeah, that's just wrong. Okay, I'm just saying. Uh, hold on. Let's touch Let's touch on Harbaugh. Expand on that. Let me ask you a question. Michigan goes 10-2 and two in the regular season but lose to Ohio State. Are you yeah. telling me Harbaugh's on the hot seat with four 10-win seasons in five years? What's 10 wins doing you? You're not on the playoffs, and you're not playing in Indy. All right, so that's your answer is yes. You think Harbaugh could potentially be unemployed. What's the difference between having a coach that constantly gets you 10-2 and two but doesn't get you into the playoffs and doesn't get you to the um, it, the Big Ten title game diff- than a 2-10 and 10 coach? I mean, other than obviously 2-10 is a terrible record, but I mean – how long do you sustain that mediocrity and are okay with 10 wins? I mean, those well, fans are thirsty for blood. They want titles. They want to be back to the prominence of the winningest program in college football history. I cannot see a scenario that Michigan wins 10 games and Harbaugh's on the hot seat. Don't see it. I don't even see it with nine games. Like... I, they pay him. They pay him like his contract is an absolute albatross. The buyout is insane. You know he runs a clean program. Michigan, you know, brass likes what you know he does. It's very a Michigan family thing. I mean, you know, he wins nine games. He's not going anywhere. Yeah, and I think he'll win more than nine games. So I mean, yeah. ran Lloyd Cardoff. Ran Lloyd Cardoff for having nine, ten win seasons. Now, Lloyd, Lloyd Carr, Carr retired. Was, Lloyd Carr retired and was a perpetual eight and four. It was a they they had to they had to beg 
absolutely awful. They had to beg Lloyd Carr to come back to coach uh, Mike Hart and Chad Henney's senior year. Like, they had to beg him to yeah. come back and not retire. And then they lost that. to Appalachian State, so maybe yeah. they shouldn't have. But anyway, Moose, what about you? What coaches do you have on the hot seat going into the 2019 season? Well, Clay Hilton, obviously, at USC. I mean, that – like they they kept him just so Urban could step down so they could wait a year and get Urban. Like that's gotta be it, right? Um especially after the whole fucking fiasco with Cliff Kingsbury went down. Um and then obviously Lovey Smith I think is gone, so I'll add just two uh more quick names here. Um Chris Ash at Rutgers. You know, I mean Rutgers fucking blows, but uh you know, I mean dude is like seven like seven and forever like seven and 29 or something like that in three seasons. So, you know, if he goes out and puts up another, you know, two or three win, you know, they'll, they'll ax him cause he's done a really good job fencing in New Jersey. Um, and then, uh, believe it or not, um, have sending prospects to be Heisman candidates elsewhere. Yeah, exactly. Um, the other one that I'll just throw out real quick, uh, I think Willie Taggart at Florida state's in some trouble if he doesn't turn it around after, after last year's just gong show. Okay. I actually have a few of those on my list as well. Uh, I, you know, I had Clay Helton, 32-17 and 17 at USC, but a losing record last year, I believe. And, uh, you know, USC is in the hotbed of recruiting talent in the United States. Um, and after the subpar season they had last year, USC finished with just the number 20-ranked recruiting class in 2019. Yikes. Their fans are itching for a bigger name to come in there. And as the Moose said, the urban legend is sitting there available, <laughs> just just waiting <laughs> for his uh, his medical conditions to re-clear up yeah. in the right situation. And you have to think I mean, USC has got to be the favorite. There, I would, I, I would, I'd be almost willing to bet one of Pi's bar tabs, which is substantial, uh, that Urban is the coach of USC by the time we start next year's pod around this time. Can I get that on the record? I mean, it is on the record. It's on the record. It's, it's on the podcast. We have that handshake? documented. Is that a virtual handshake, Moose? I'm sorry. Was, is that a virtual handshake between you and Pi on that one? Uh, no, habla inglés. <laughs> Um, I also had Willie Taggart on the hot seat, five and seven, his first year at Florida State. Um, it's very unusual to see a coach in a in a program like Florida State on the hot seat after just one season. But fans weren't happy with that hire to begin with. So combining a unhappy uh, a hire that was unhappy with the fan base. Uh, poor record on the field last year the fact that much like usc florida state was actually ranked 19th in the country in recruiting last year which just doesn't cut it when a third of the top 100 prospects come from the state that you're in right um that that's just all that's all problems for willie taggart at fsu i think that if you don't see a remarkable turnaround where florida state wins eight nine games i think he might be gone I I do think that if he can maybe show some improvement, get to seven to eight wins, maybe they'll keep him for one more year to see if he can turn the corner. Uh, but I think you can safely say his seat's getting hot. Um, I had Lovey Smith on the list as well. 
just because Illinois has always struck me as a program that with the right guy and the fact that you should be able to recruit out of Chicago should probably be a pretty decent football program. I mean, I don't think the expectation is New Year's Six Bowl games every year, but I think it's safe to say the expectation isn't that you're going to uh, be 9-27 and over your first three years so or four years or whatever that comes out to. Uh, and then I actually had one more on the list that you guys haven't talked about yet. I actually think that Justin Fuente at Virginia Tech is someone who, depending how this season goes, could find himself come the end of the season starting to feel like his seat's a little warm. Um, you know, Virginia Tech is, you know, they played in the one national championship game with Michael Vick, and they – they haven't really been a contender since then for, for a national championship, but they've always been a very good program. Uh, Bud Foster's made sure they always had a very good defense. But uh, Justin Fuente came in in 2016 and won 10 games. Year two in 2017, he won nine games. And year three in 2018, he won six games. So the Virginia Tech fan base probably feels like that's trending the wrong way. And I think that at a school like Virginia Tech, he probably needs to have a bounce-back year and get back in the 8-9 win range before people in Blacksburg start thinking maybe they need to go in another direction. So those are the names that I came up with. Not all that different from what you from what you boys had, with the exception of Justin Fuente. Um, but I'm excited to see you. If the moose is right on the Urban Meyer situation, because I think that's the storyline of the next off season. You know, he's going to be linked to every head coaching vacancy there is. Oh yeah. So, and I think USC is far on the way the front runner, obviously. Yeah. And well, and and we already know that SC is comfortable with shenanigans that follow Urban Meyer. You know, I mean, Jesus, they like they don't care. You know, everybody everybody was on the books when Pete Carroll was there, and I mean, I loved Pete Carroll, but you know, I mean, he just he played the game the way that it's played in the SEC, and that's how USC got shit done out that way. I mean, like, it's on fucking paper that Reggie Bush, you know, Reggie Bush was paid off. So, you know, they, they don't – yeah, they. I mean, they, they, they don't give a flying fuck what Urban does. They just want to make sure that, you know, that it's packed and that they uh, that they win games again, so. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, let's get into predictions. You know, you know what? Yeah, let's get into predictions, but we'll start with the Heisman. Okay. Sure. So I think we can all agree that logic says that there's probably three people that you could select from as your preseason Heisman pick. Well, two of them for sure. Yeah, three of them. Three of them. Yeah, you're right. I just thought of the third one. Jake, it's got to be Jake Fromm in Georgia. Okay, we'll go with four. Because that's not who I was going with with my third one. Who's the third one? I I guess my question would be, how can you not just reserve a seat for whoever's playing quarterback in Oklahoma's offense at this point? Yeah, Yeah. Jalen Hurts. (laughs) Yeah, that makes sense. So you've got Jalen Hurts. You've got Tua Tagalova, whatever the hell you pronounce his last name. And you've got Trevor Lawrence. Throw in Jake Fromm, and you probably have four candidates. And I think you could maybe stretch it to five 
and and I'm going to say something that's going to piss some people off, but you've got to assume that if Justin Fields plays Justin well Fields. and Ohio State's in the playoff contention, contention debate, he's probably in the conversation. Um, I, I would feel comfortable saying one of those five is probably going to be the one who takes it down. Yeah. Well, then pick one and let's go. All right. Well, if I'm picking first, because I – you know, I don't like when we pick the same guy because mm-hmm. then we can't have a contest. So if you give me first pick, um, I'm probably going with Tua. I went with him last year. I thought I had it all damn year. Does he play enough games to, to get it done? Or does he play in enough of the game? I think he will. Okay. I think he'll. I think Alabama's going to play a few closer games this year than they have in the past. Yeah. Um, I, mostly because I think they're going to have – I think some of the other teams in the SEC are going to be a little better than they used to be. Um, so I'm sure Alabama's still going to steamroll people, but hopefully he can at least make it into the fourth quarter a couple times this year. Uh, and, and I just think it's really hard to continue going undefeated. Yeah. So I feel like as good as Trevor Lawrence is, Clemson's got to be due for a letdown somewhere along the way. Um, so I'm, I'm going to go to it, damn it. It's, you know, I wrote him last year and he let me down. I'm giving him another shot at it. Okay. I'm going to let Moose take the second pick. As I'm picking somebody that wasn't listed. I mean. So the pie is out. <laughs> yeah. That's, I'm the only one who's won one of these things, just so you fuckers know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. I mean, yeah, it's. I would say, I would say it's Tua. Um, if I if I was forced to pick someone other than Tua, because that's where Goose went, you know, um, the layup is obviously Trevor Lawrence at Clemson. Uh, but I I agree with a lot of uh, Goose's part. So instead, what I'll do, um, you know, I, I I'd say it's it's a one two race between those two. But I'll give you my dark horse that's going to be sitting uh, uh, that's going to be sitting in New York, I believe. Um, will be uh, uh, Justin Herbert, the quarterback at Oregon. Okay. Is that is that going to be? No, if he, if he used a dark horse when we didn't even say anything about dark horses and picked my pick, I was not going to be happy. Uh, I'm going with Jonathan Taylor, the running back for Wisconsin. Oh, shit. Oh, that was, that was my guy last terrible. year. Terrible. Why? There is not a chance in freaking hell that that's going to happen. I don't know what to tell you. That's what I picked. <laughs> right, how many yards does he have to rush for to be in New York City? Do you think? Two thousand. Yeah, I think he's got that capability. Yeah, if Wisconsin's offensive line, you know, stays healthy, because last year Wisconsin was just right. destroyed everywhere by injury. We got to get two bets on the podcast right now. <laughs> we we need clarification on two wagers between the moose and the pie. Because the pie doesn't know what the fuck he's talking about, and it is just not right for me to let him keep his money. So, <laughs> wait, wager number one. Your precious Heisman pick won't run for more than 1,750 yards, which will get him nowhere close to New York City. Not counting bowl game. I mean, I'm not going to put a specific number on it. I think 1,750. No, I'm not doing that. I'll, I think he'll be sitting in New York. Yeah. Doesn't want to put his money where his mouth is, though. Are we doing dark horse? <laughs> all, right, all right. How about New York? We'll say we'll say he's not in New York. 
That can be the the bet. Okay. He, he won't even make it to New York City. That's okay. the bet. Are we on? Yeah. What are we? What are we betting? That's going to be case the, of beer or pizza or something yeah, like that. We'll do case of beer. I want, I, I don't really beer. drink beer, right, so we'll do I want pizza. Yeah, we'll, we'll do pizza. Okay, I know you eat pizza. So, second wager: Nebraska Cornhuskers. Oh Christ Almighty! <laughs> I wish you could see the look on the pie's face. He looks like I, I just fed him a turkey oh, sandwich. I I, I already so I already know I already know the look on pie's face right oh. now. So, so we already talked about this one off the podcast. But the wager is going to be that Nebraska will finish the season. Are we doing before or after the bowl game? Before. So Nebraska will finish the regular season ranked in the top 25. No, they will not. In which poll? Because I don't want any of your loopholes. your your loophole bullshit that says they're ranked 24th in the coaches' poll but not in the AP, so I don't lose. So which poll are we talking about? I'll even give them that they're going to fucking be ranked in any one of the... I don't care if it's Popers fucking poll. All right, so we'll use the coach's poll and the AP poll, because otherwise I'd just split the pizza with Topher, and then we have a freaking winner. So, so we'll say the AP or the coach's poll. Okay. And they could finish undefeated, and I'll still put them 25th, like those fuckwads did in 1997, because everyone was crying for old what's-his-nuts. But you anyway... have reserved anger for this team. Instead, you fucking love them. No, I do. You love Scott Frost. I, I can see you just went from six to midnight when I said his fucking name. <laughs> God damn it. I just, I just love watching the pie get, get frustrated. Are we going to do a dark horse or, or no? Because uh, Moose mentioned yeah. one. Yep. Okay. We'll get back on topic for high I assume yours was Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> 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 yeah. What? Yes, no. Jonathan Taylor was your dark horse. Yeah. I'm just confirming he wasn't your actual pick yeah. because that's how bad that pick was. My actual pick, no. He was my actual pick. My dark horse, because uh, it's hard to not pick an Alabama running back. I don't even think it's that much of a dark, dark horse, but Najee Harris is going to be my, my my dark horse. Yeah, I'm going Shea Patterson with my dark horse. Ooh, Homer. <laughs> Homer Simpson. I got Harbaugh getting fired, and he's got him winning the Heisman. Trust me, I'm hoping for the latter. <laughs> Moose? Yeah. You're using Herbert as your dark horse and Lawrence as your pick? Yeah, I, get, I mean, you know, you took Tua, so I'll take sunshine. I'll take Trevor Lawrence, and then I'll take, yeah, I'll take Sunshine, and I'll take Herbert. All right. Conference winners, rapid fire. Moose, who's winning the ACC? Oh, Clemson. Pie? Yeah, I have to go with Clemson. Yeah, that's a sweep. <laughs> SEC. Pie? Georgia. Oh, shut up. I think Pie's been drinking tonight. I have not. I just got out of work and came straight right. here. Bama. Uh, it's, I mean, God damn it. Bama. Until, until proven wrong, Bama. Big 12. I just want to be disappointed. Oh, Oklahoma. Easy. Easy Oklahoma. Pie? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to make that one a sweep with Oklahoma. Although, I would just like to say, I think Texas may be in the running That's for that really one. Funny, Texas, Texas, Texas is... You call me crazy for that, too, so... I no, Texas, Texas is definitely on the up and up. Tom, or Herman, or whatever the hell his name is. 
they've got him. He's got that program going in the right direction. You haven't been drinking. Good job. The the only thing. <laughs> yeah, but I'm sleep deprived. <laughs> the only thing that that makes me think Texas. I'm still going Oklahoma. We're Ooh. sweeping that with the Sooners. But the only thing that makes me think that Texas may have a shot is the fact that, uh, you know, Jalen Hurts' weakness the entire time he was at Alabama was really throwing the football. And so I'm very curious. You know, we we said you'd have to list him because Oklahoma QBs just win Heisman trophies every year now, apparently. Right. Um, but he, he definitely has a very different skill set than the previous two Heisman Trophy winners. So I don't know how that's going to translate to the offense that Lincoln Riley likes to run. Well, that's what made me wonder. Maybe it wasn't. I mean, yeah, Hurts' arm isn't the sharpest, but maybe that's because he wasn't flexing it as much as at Alabama. Right. He might be at Houston so, or at uh, Oklahoma. Yep. So I, I'm going with Oklahoma, but I'm just, you know, it, yeah, it wouldn't Texas, shock me. I thought you were going to call me crazy. No, that. Picking Texas would have been the least stupid thing you've said on this podcast. <laughs> so, you know. That's not the, true. The, Nebraska being ranked at the end of the season is also very smart. Well, we'll <laughs> see about that. Um, Big Ten, pie. <sighs> Fucking, we're all going to do it and uh, hate I ourselves. I, so, so just say. Yeah, fine. Ohio. Just because Mo- they proved me wrong. Moose. Oh, come on, man. <laughs> come on, man. Uh, Brett's setting us up to say Ohio, and then he's going to be like, just kidding, fuckers, Homer, no. Michigan. <laughs> no, I'm a, I'm actually, I'm, I'm cutting that off at the head here. <laughs> give, me, give me all the Homer labels. Michigan gets it done. Harbaugh gets it done. All right. I'm fucking hoping for it. You know it. All right. I'm going with the Buckeyes. Yeah. I, I'm following pie on this one. Until I don't think Ryan Day's a good coach, though. That's it. Like, Dude's coached three games it's impossible to know if he's a good coach uh, because i think that that was completely urban's program so like i think they're too i think he's too untested and they looked sloppy as shit against yeah, like the one team with the pulse they played which was tcu so but isn't urban still like oh i'm sure he's, he's like he's yeah he's coaching like an ethics class or something which makes all yeah. the fucking sense yeah. in the world, but. Yeah. So, that's so, fucking laughable. You, you, but the moral of the story is he's still. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, don't I think his, he's his not hands are involved just because he's not the head coach anymore. Yeah, his his hands are. Well, I mean, unless he's too busy interviewing down at you know down in SC. So, yeah, but that won't be like, after the season. So. And I think and I think Fox hired him. Uh, isn't yeah, he, he like doing some analyst shit for Fox? Yeah, he's doing the pregame show. Fox. Yeah, yeah, like so. I mean, he's he's just he's biding his time for SC. So I don't know how much of the you know the Ohio State. Like, I mean, I think that he'll lend some credence to him or what have you. But I I, I think there's just too much noise around it. And then Justin Fields, like you know, Justin Fields took off. You know, from he's a good quarterback. Don't get me wrong, but like couldn't beat out Jake Fromm, and he took off because he was a crybaby about that. Although, I think my favorite storyline is Tate Martell, uh, Tate Martell telling, he's you know, Justin Fields miss. when he transferred. Yeah, he's like, don't, don't swing and miss. So you transfer to Miami and then lose the starting quarterback job in Miami to a true freshman. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Fuck that midget. Is, is oh, he, my God. Is he Ohio State's version of Tate 4CA? Possibly. With oh, easily. All... 
I think I, I think that the moral crazy? of the story. I mean, oh no, Tate Forcier was way less crazy than Tate Martell is. Oh, all right. I don't so, know about that. Uh, I thought. I think the moral of the story is anybody named Tate is yeah. just like fucking it's headed for disaster. Ridiculous. Yeah. Have you ever? Have I ever shared my Tate Forcier story with you boys? I don't know if you have or not. This was way back in the day when Tate was Michigan's quarterback. And I Didn't we live get... together back then? Uh, no, because I think I was married. Either way, uh, I was working at the mall at the time, at Briarwood Mall in Ann Arbor. <laughs> Express. And, yeah, <laughs> and uh, one of my coworkers lived in the same apartment complex that Tate Forcier lived in during summer school. And uh, Tate had asked him if he could give him a ride to campus one day for class or conditioning or something like that. And so he he gave him a ride to campus and dropped him off. And while they were on the way there, he was telling him how it, it was his girlfriend's birthday. And he was trying to figure out what to get her for her birthday while he was at the at the mall that day. And I guess the next day when he was leaving again for work, he saw Tate in the hallway, and Tate said, hey, hold on, I got something for you. And and he he gave my coworker an autographed Tate 4CA picture to give to the guy's girlfriend for her <laughs> birthday present. <laughs> I remember that story. <laughs> So, I don't really so, drop her panties. <laughs> what the fuck? So, so I think he could more than hold his own against Tate Martell. For crazy, yeah. But uh, I mean, but that's kind of a boss ass move, though. <laughs> like to have the gall to give, like, hey, here's an auto- autograph picture of myself to give to your girlfriend for her birthday. Yeah. But anyway, um, moral of the story: I'm gonna sadly have to take the Buckeyes until I can see. Michigan actually beat them on a football field more than once every, you know, 20 years. So um, I'm going with Ohio State. That leaves us with the Pac-12 or 14 or whatever the hell they're called now. Um, I don't even know who I've got. I'm taking Oregon in this one. Yeah, I think that makes the most sense. I really like the quarterback situation. (laughs) Sounds like you're going Oregon too. I think yeah, I yeah. think all three of us are Oregon. Okay. No faith in Clay Helton, no faith in Washington, who's actually been fairly I good. Think, I think no. Washington Washington if it's not gonna be Oregon, it's gonna be Washington. Yeah. I, I would assume it's one of those. And uh I would say that uh I'm going with Oregon and the, the only feather that might potentially be in Washington's cap is I really do like Chris Peterson. And I will say this is a segment that uh, we discussed doing on the pod, and we only have about 10 minutes left in today's episode, so we'll have to get this out quick. But we wanted to talk about the biggest misses we've had on the podcast. Oh, yeah. And, oh, good Lord. And, and I said I had to think about mine because I disagreed with the one you guys selected for me. Mm. And after thinking about it, I think my biggest miss was God did Jake Browning suck. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I think I picked him as my sleeper for the Heisman last year, and he just regressed every single year after making the playoff as a freshman to the point that he went from the true freshman QB at Washington leading 
the Huskies to the playoffs to being an undrafted free agent that signed with the Minnesota Vikings and probably won't make it through the preseason. <laughs> so, so God was I wrong on that one. I said it. <laughs> I, I was right on that one. I said he sucked. <laughs> yeah, well, yours was DeAndre Francois, so. Listen. I think we'll call your miss a little bigger than mine. I don't know about that. <laughs> Moose, I don't remember what we went with for yours. Was it Derek Green? Oh, yeah, yeah Derek, Derek, Derek Green. Green at Michigan. I thought that dude was going to be, like, the next fucking Jerome Bettis, and all he ended up doing was actually eating a physical bus. So, <laughs> like, that's... And then couldn't get carries at TCU. Yeah, like, holy mother of fuck. So, yeah, no, he he was fucking terrible. Oh, God, he was bad. All right, well... He's sweet in high school, though. <laughs> Yeah, when he could just run over everybody. Kevin yeah, nice. 2.0. Yeah. Well, anyway. we're down to the pick em part of the podcast. And I do have an idea. We did it. We did it in about 38 minutes. So I think that, uh, you know, this whole no boozing on podcast thing gets us going pretty good, eh? It does. Keeps things moving. Yeah. Um, I do have an idea for the pick em that I haven't run by anybody yet. Oh, perfect. We love surprises around here. We're going to pick Florida-Miami today. But moving forward, if we want to make this a true test of handicapping, I think we should eliminate the required games you have to pick. And we all just browse the lines. And and we give four picks of our own games that can be point spread or over-under. We could all pick different games and a quick little recap of why you like them. Mm-hmm. And then you're really getting the test because, uh, you know, we're trying to see who would be good at handicapping. It kind of limits you if you're forced to pick a game you don't have a good feel about. Okay. Yeah, I like it. I just, I don't, we're, we're going to be doing that moving forward, not this yep. exact segment right here, correct? Yep. This segment, we're going old school and we're picking Miami, Florida. That's well. There's really no games going on right now except for that, anyway. So. Yep. So line on this one: neutral, neutral site field in Orlando. We got the Miami Hurricanes playing the Florida Gators. The Florida Gators are giving seven and a half points. I'm going to go first, just because. Why not? I'm going to take the Canes and the points. That half point hook seems a little large. Um, Manny Diaz really had. Elite defenses, even if the Mark Richt offenses couldn't uh, put points on the board. And I don't know that we'll see if Miami can do that or not. But um, I guess I'm not sold on Florida. And if I'm not sold on Florida, I am sold on Miami's defense, and I can get that extra half point that covers the seven-point spread. I'm going to go with the Hurricanes. I see the pie nodding yes, so I immediately regret my decision. Get that turnover chain ready, baby. <laughs> Is that your analysis of the game? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Perfect. He, he knows we only have six minutes left, yeah. so his <laughs> nice and, get that nice turnover chain ready, baby. Yeah. Just in case there's any discrepancy, I'm obviously taking the cane from the points. Moose? And I'm surprised Gators. Is not arrested. Chomp, chomp. Gators. Chop, chop. Uh, I think that uh, Manny Diaz, you know, um, still, I think, you know, he does, he 
you know, did have good defenses. Uh, that that much is true. I'm not sold on Dan Enos uh, as a coordinator. I don't think that we really know uh, what he's going to be doing. I think this is a rivalry game. I think that uh, Miami's throwing a, I think it's a redshirt freshman or a true freshman uh, in at quarterback. Um, and I think the, you know, the nonsense with Tate Martell, like who's their backup if something happens. Um, I just think that uh, the Gators are more of a proven entity right now. And uh, Dan Mullins, um, you know, has that team on the uh, on the uh, the upswing. Uh, and I think that even though it's neutral site, being closer to Gainesville, uh, I just think it'll it'll have a larger Florida contingent than uh, than a Miami one. So uh, yeah, give me the Gators. Yeah, he totally talked me into regretting my pick. Some shit. Yeah, you're stuck with pie. And Moose brings logic into this, and I have pie. He said, get the turnover chain ready. You talk about them defenses, son. Yeah. All right, well, I think that's it for episode one. That's it. That's it. Good job, fellas. We're at 40 minutes and 35 seconds right now. <laughs> well, well uh, do, uh, do we get the carryover? So, like, next week we can go to 50 minutes because we, like, as we stayed under on this. That's up to you and your, your mess baby oh. over there. Uh, yeah, I don't well. Think the podcast has AT&T rollover minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I'll, I'll check with my infant son and we'll uh, we'll go from there. So, But, you know, he knows that he knows that dad has to talk college football. So, All right. Well, to our seven listeners. Especially the four of you that asked me when we were going to be recording the first podcast of the year. Let's make that five, actually. I got one that asked me, too, that I remember. There you go. I like it. Does, it, for... does it count if you two ask me, both of you ask me if we're done the podcast? That makes seven. Rounds it up. There, there you go. We hit our quota. Perfect. Because we, we can listen to our own podcast. Yep. You know, hey, here we are. All right. Well, again, thanks for listening. We'll be back next week.